after we wrapped up our discussion of mumbo jumbo, but while the mics were still running, we kind of riffed for a while on this collection of essays that I, Dan, was reading by the cultural critic Greg Tate, uh, specifically his first collection of writings, Flyboy and the Buttermilk. And Tate, who tragically passed away pretty young in late 2021, just before I picked up the collection, wrote about culture and politics through the lens of music and literature. Flyboy and the Buttermilk contains essays on Miles Davis, James Blood Ulmer, whose music is too good not to share in the intro, Michael Jackson, Bad Brains, Public Enemy, Samuel R. Delaney, and Don DeLillo, and it's absolutely worth reading for its own sake. But it opened up a lot for us, especially around the themes of criticism and the creation of kind of a canon. We thought the discussion was good enough to share with listeners, but not quite connected to the main thrust of the discussion. So we're offering it as a separate episode. We thought it offered a window into our reflective processes, especially on reading a book as difficult and culturally situated as Mumbo Jumbo. talk about the Greg Tate collection, yeah. but it was like, it w- that I read that at the same time as Black Marxism, and then I started reading Mumbo Jumbo, mm. and it was stunning because Greg Tate is picking up and is super influenced by Reed, just, just as like a, a person of the Black avant-garde, mm-hmm. and his essays do the same work. They just recompile a lineage of the people who really did it um, like over and over again. Cause he's he was like writing in with a village voice and just like reviewing cool music and then, and then books that he was reading. And like, so he's constantly just like, yeah, this is, this is my canon and is kind of as he continues to write uh, and expand his range as a, as a commentator, he has this back and forth with like his, understandings of himself as like a black cultural nationalist and like it's it's not quite like a a turnabout or like a reckoning but he's just like i really believe this shit but like also it's just art and like you know i'm an aesthetic i'm a bohemian i think we really need like black institutions like but like always coming back to the avant-garde and like the necessary work of cultivating a tradition and lineage in a couple of reviews of like Don DeLillo and like Delaney or whatever. He, he's like, well, not Delaney review, but like this review to Don DeLillo. He's like the only, there's one angle that says like all white men should shut the fuck up and stop writing. <laughs> and I don't have that much of a problem with that take, but I think we can make exceptions for everybody's like favorite French existentialists and serious science fiction writers. Hmm. Like, you know, and he, he's like, he loves punk music. He's like, 
like, you know, like likes all kinds of shit. Um, so it's just like, it's just super cool to read those together. No, I think that's, that's sounds, I mean, again, it seemed, feels so important because I felt like criticism was so present here, you know, yeah. it's, and it's like making me think, I mean, I, I mean, I don't consider us to be critics, but right. in some ways, like in the very basic sense of like people who we like read things and talk about them and, you know, put out some kind of interpretation of them. Um, yeah, we're, we're like interpreters and we're, we're inviting people to read with us. Yeah. But I think that's what criticism is good when it's good. I think that's what criticism is. Right. You know, I I mean, that sounds like what Craig, Greg Tate was doing. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I didn't really have like a, a pithy response or like a, a a preformed response to that thing about, about criticism. Cause I, I hadn't pinpointed it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if like we missed something there. Cause I kind of pivoted right back to just like something, something a little bit different. But I think, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking about how I, how I like said that, like made a statement about like what Reed is and isn't in relation to black politics. And that's like Mm -hmm. totally incorrect. That, that's kind of the thing where I'm like, was, was afraid of, or like worried about in, in this way, like, do I have a desire to read these books or like, like take this for like my own personal canon? Also the Greg Tate stuff. It's like when he just lists shit i'm like yes like ornette coleman and like electric miles davis and like samuel r delaney like these are like core aesthetic influences that i have adopted as like personal touchstones um but like i could never reproduce these things as a as a creator like what, what's going on there where I look at this list and I'm like, yes, my people. So that there's that desire to like kind of claim this tradition, this lineage. And it's like the, the like neo voodoo practitioners, not like reads neo hoodooism, but like, like white voodoo people. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so like, there's another awesome essay in the Tate collection, which he's talking about this, um, Harvard professor who's white, who devoted his, he was the first person to coin the black, black Atlantic, I think, um, through his read of mythology and spiritual and cultural traditions, how they circulate him. It's, it's not even a critical review. It's just like a, what do we do with this guy? He knows so much shit. Uh, I think he's kind of corny, but like this guy like is saying something that we, we need to listen to. Um, and it's, it's really, it's cool. But like the cringy moments and Tate identifies them as a little bit cringy is where the guy's like, yeah, like I'm a believer in this, this stuff. And like, you know, this guy's a, he was a career historian, sociologist, whatever, anthropologist, and like put back a lot into the world and help people understand their things. But that like, maybe a little bit too close mm-hmm. kind of thing. And one of the things that Reed does that, as a critic of a, like, this is like American satire, you know, like it, it's, we didn't say it, but like, it does sit right alongside like Thomas Pynchon mm-hmm. in terms of like, it's, it's methods and it's tone. And I think not the specific target, but the general target is like the conditions, 
hypocrisies of modern society and like can access this book as like a person who's lives in the West and lives in the United States of America and is like, man, yeah, these motherfuckers are out there saying and doing all kinds of dumb shit all the time. And like, I want to dance or kind of thing. And like, that's like one way of claiming this book. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of losing my own plot, but no, I mean, I think, I think I see where you're getting at. I mean, okay. This brings me back to this scene that is so interesting. Can I, can I read this for you? And I, cause I'm so interested yeah. in hearing what you think. This is on page 215. This is kind of the cut forward to the modern era and, or at least the modern era being the seventies. Um, and oh, Papa yeah. Lablas is kind of given a lecture about being a hundred years old and everything he's done <laughs> to this class full of students. And as he's leaving, it says this, Papa Lablas, someone is calling a cracked old voice. He turns about, it is he, the old man who in his devotion to empirical method has washed out any prophecy for which his ancestors were famous. He had written derisively of it after the last flare up when Jess Grew launched a trial balloon, sent out a feeler. He had sought to inoculate the populace by writing that it would have to imitate Crane and Twain before it could amount to anything. That it was a fad like flagpole sitting and goldfish swallowing. His imagery was about as contemporary as he was because the craft of Jess Grew put him in a tizzy. He didn't know what to make of it. In his last lucid interview, he had regretted that he had opposed Hoffman, Rubin, Zimmerman, the Beatles, and the poet in the Balaam seat, Negro delineators in the tradition of Paul Whiteman, Dvorak, Fred Astaire, Sophie Tucker, Mae West, Dan Rice, George Gershwin, singing the blues, getting hot, con contacting just grew carriers so that some of it would rub off, using the word man as a fugitive part of speech. He had denounced their warped syntax, composition, and grammar. But now he wished he had bent a little. It was too late. The imitators were on the decline, and the members were taking over. Just Guru was latching onto its blood. After all, Liverpool ain't Memphis, and the Monterey Jazz Festival no bucket of blood. Now the delineators were taking a backseat to the Just Guru carriers, those jockey-dressed amulets on the southern law of America's consciousness those who made Sutter's gold prospectors jittery by their apparent presence. I don't know. So uh, there's a very explicit, I mean, this is Reed addressing that, right? Like Bob Dylan and Fred Astaire as the kind of cultural bulwarks against, uh, black forms by light of by light of taking parts of it right i'm the delineators so there you go like yeah i that man that's a perfect that's a perfect choice and you know, like we we talk about like not wanting to to do hand wringing right about like that and i don't think that's what's going on but i think as as a as a as a reader and as a also a person who makes and wants to see a different world there's a, a desire to like metabolize things and, and and as if there's something that like we should all do or like somebody does something that I like or I think produces an effect imagine it as, as something that should be reproduced by me and yeah it's, it, I guess it's an appropriation question like because that, that's that's appropriation that he's talking about there 
Um, and like in Reed's work, the protagonists are African Americans. Like it's like black people. These are and like black artists. These are the protagonists. So he doesn't really care what the Wallflower Order or the Adonists are doing. And that's like that's. But just the question is like, as a reader, what what what, what work do we have to do as readers to uh to metabolize? Or as like you're saying, as like readers, as you and I, Dan, as white readers. Yeah. What work do we have to do? What work do we have to do to metabolize it? And like, and then, and then also talk about it. Like, cause like we're talking about it and like, who's going to want to read this with us? Um, what are we, what are we like? How, how it, it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel that fraught to like read this book and talk about it, but to like do so publicly or something. That's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just Henry. No, I mean, I, I, um, I think, again, I think it has to do with the nature of the critique that Reed is making in this book. I'm hearing that this is not a response to reading a Black novel or like a novel by a Black writer as such. This is about what this book is and what Reed is doing in the book, which is, again, it's about how art and the magic of art is used and interpreted and uh, deployed politically and I think it makes sense for us to be attentive of that and aware of that as, again, not as just like you're saying, not as just as white readers, but as, as people who are uh, giving us ourselves some kind of interpretive yeah. function. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think all I can really say to that is I think people should read this book. It's, it's, it's one that it's a complex read and I think it's going to stick with me. I and mean, I think this has been a really, I've been just reading this and reading black Marxism over the last couple of weeks. And it's just felt so productive and has such a valuable reading and I, and one that will help me like inform my other reading and my, and I think my understanding of politics, you know, and um, in the end we take things from what we read, you know, in the end, we we have to we can't we can't silo things and say oh this is just uh, <laughs> I you know I'm gonna read this but um, you know keep it keep it somewhere that I can't touch psychologically or something which I don't think is what you're saying yeah I, I can't I can't say anything about it because um, it's not yeah but totally. but I see where you're getting at and I think it's I th- and I'm glad that we've been having this part of the discussion because I think it's very worthwhile to be explicit as we're coming, where we're coming from as critics. And I think finally, like, you know, finally this book is about universalism and it's, and it's the anti-monotheism. I mean, not finally maybe, but like the anti-monotheism is also, Hmm. it's, it's an anti-universalist stance. It's like trying to have something that explains everything is so destructive and trying to, have this these yeah. these grand theories um and not that not that theory is not useful but that that maybe trying to be correct is is and that's all wrapped up in there yeah yeah that that's that's a really good good way to frame it 